0: Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast where I give you a fascinating insight into the world of real-life entrepreneurs and how they live their lives outside their business. Every week I bring you super interesting conversations about the energy, thinking, habits, mindsets and disciplines that make them successful in their life which in turn allows them to be successful in their business. It's powerful conversations, uplifting interviews and a mega dose of solo inspiration from me. We dive right into what gives them the confidence to follow their own path and attempt to get unapologetically real so you can learn what it takes to show up in your life and live your truth unapologetically. Now today I've got a real close friend with me, Um, her name's Chika and I would say she is a passionate entrepreneur and what I mean by that is she she lives with an open heart, she follows her path and her guidance based on how the universe speaks to her. And she's really trying to set her own environment based on what she believes, and brings people in and shares her light based on that. So I'm not going to talk any more about her. I'm just going to introduce her. So, hello, Chika.
1: Hi, Babik. How Hi. are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm very happy. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me on. So if you can um, just give a, a little introduction to yourself to the listeners, and then we can sort of deep dive into some conversations.
1: Okay, so my name is Chika, and for those that don't do very well, I am, um, you know, I'm a relationship coach. Um, even though I call myself the Soulmate Manifesto, and basically what I do is I help primarily women, even though that's kind of changing slightly of late. But I primarily help women to um, unblock their their blocks to love, and basically find their soulmate. You know, unite with that higher conscious relationship
0: that that we're all looking for really yeah perfect and um something you just said there um initially you know i know this is the path you're on now and i know this resonates deeply with you in terms of sort of a love journey but you're sort of when we met this wasn't your path i know you've done quite a few things and i know you were on a different path completely and this is somewhere another sort of, Erin, how you're going into it. And you seem to be going in more wholehearted, more deeper into this one. Now, if we can just step back a couple of steps, you know, for your life before. Um, if you can just go through some of the other journeys you've been on, especially on the entrepreneurship side of things, and what's given you the belief to step into your own truth and live a life of an entrepreneur? Because I'm sure when you started, there was no word of entrepreneur. That seems to have sort of appeared and become sort of like a, a buzzword. But then it was a case of, I enjoy this and I want to, you know, do this. And maybe financially I might earn something from me eventually. But it's more a case of, I enjoy it and I bring my service to the world like this. So if you can just go into that story a little bit and then we can sort of go into the present stuff. Yeah, sure. I
1: mean, I would like to go really far back.
0: this. Yeah. I
1: really- i was about nine years old yeah. and my first experience of being um an entrepreneur if you like and to be fair the word entrepreneur in terms of being heart-centered yeah. you know heart-centered when with resonated more, like you said earlier yeah.
0: yeah
1: but when i was nine years old i remember um actually no tell it i saw it was i was about 11 and i don't know if you remember back in the day um we had it was the the feed the world with yeah. bob Geldon. yeah, yeah. The, you know all the pop stars and what have you i remember being in the first year at school and i i wanted to raise money for that course okay i asked my form tutor and i said to him is it okay for me to sell some popcorn and he was like yeah sure no problem so I went home <laughs> told my mom she helped <laughs> me and we bagged it all up and then um, at break time i was sold oh gosh you know a good few bags at 10 pence each yeah Anyway, i would made something like £3.60. Okay, so we're talking about 1980, what? Oh, 84, yeah. 1985, something like that. I made £3.60 and I was so excited. So I gave it to my form tutor. And that something really shifted for me at that time because when I gave him the £3.60, he had this glint in his eye. And then he just basically put it in his pocket and tapped it as if to say, thank you very much, you naive little girl. <laughs> it broke my heart because I knew at that moment that that money wasn't going to go to where I thought it was going to go to. So for right. me, my very first shift of heart being heart-centered and money happened from that point. Okay. And since then, it's kind of guided me with a lot of blocks along the way where I've been fighting between, you know, um, helping, transformation, contributing, but at the same time, this whole idea of profit, making money and greed. So along the way, that's caused so many blocks for me. So fast forward after that, um, I I went into property, um, gosh, in the mid to late 90s. And I started a a fiance that I had at the time. We started to buy and sell houses in London, believe it or not. You know, we're picking up properties for silly. (laughs) We're talking about 30 grand for like a a two flat. (laughs) And these, you know, those those days obviously more than enough gone. So, anyways, again, when that relationship came to an end, um, we sold everything, split our profit, and then we went our separate ways. So, from that point, I decided that, you know, it just seems to be that this thing with money and this thing with finding my life purpose was just always an issue for me. And I find myself overthinking it and kind of self-sabotaging because I couldn't kind of heal the relationship with money and being happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, after that particular relationship, I went it went alone, and again, I, I I decided that again, you know, I've never been the type of person to go and work nine to five. It's never I've tried, but I've always find those environments very toxic, and I can't navigate very well. So I've always been very confident in stepping it stepping out by myself alone. So um, after that relationship that I've just told you about, I decided, you know, I, I met Jay. Um, a few years later, and I think this is when we, myself and yeah. you and Barbara, we all, you know, you know got, got to know each other and what have you. But around that time, I decided that I was going to start, you know, in more creativity and my passion into, you know, what I was doing. So I got myself a little workshop, and I started to um, do, like, frames. I started to do um, uh, refurbished antique furniture, paint furniture, sell furniture. And what I found myself doing was... Really? I mean, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But again, the same thing with what's your passion and what's your purpose? And where does this thing with money come into it? I just wasn't joining up the dots. It wasn't being aligned So there I was working lots of hours in my in my unit to get my stuff done But at the same time there was this block that I kept hitting which was I'm still not fulfilling my purpose I'm just somehow making money like a robot it was kind of soulless and i found that what i started to do then was just put messages i started to write messages to my to my customers <laughs> so if a customer bought like a piece of furniture i'd write a little note you know, with all these messages in then i started to make um frames and then on the back of the frame i'd inscribe a little personal message yeah. that was kind of lifting and i found that as i did that i really that resonated with me so i thought to myself well in terms of being creative but at the same time the whole idea of uplifting that i was in alignment with
0: yes. so that's
1: when i made that decision to just say to myself look you can make money and still be in alignment with a, the greater kind of core of who you are in your being there's nothing wrong with making money i had to i really had to that had to make sense with me mm-hmm. um so that's really where how it kind of evolved into in terms of being a relationship coach i've, I've done that for the past 10 years But it was more to do with friendship friends, um, helping friends with their relationships and stuff because back then um I was able to because I'd been through a few issues myself, Mm -hmm. I was um not in a very good place in terms of you know relationships. So it wasn't until I started to heal that within myself, I was able to understand where I was going on in these relationships. So in terms of with friendships, I started to help friends with that. So even though I was in my unit. You know making these the furniture and doing the frames i was still helping friends along the way with their relationships because because people say to me well how you know how did you go from where you were before to where you are now in terms of relationship wise can't really cool so i was helping friends along the way so i knew so so basically in my mind i was thinking well how can i turn that into something where i can because I loved it. I love helping people. I love seeing the transformation. I love bringing people together. How can I now turn that into a, um, a way of life, yeah. my income, yeah. so that I can not just help people, but also have the life that I, I really want as well in terms yeah. of, of a good income level. So I drew all those things out together, and then this is basically where I am with that,
0: yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, a couple of things that sprung out when you were speaking there. Um... The battle of finance and money and purpose, you know, um, and I, you know, resonate wholly with that because a lot of times, you know, from our, from my foundation and from my upbringing, um, money's never been an issue. Like my parents always said, like my dad always used to say, "Don't worry about work; that will happen. Just concentrate on your studies, concentrate on your education, whatever it was, you know." And then that, could, you know, my my mom used to always say, you know, my Granddad always gave him the best life in terms of the best food, the best you know around what he could afford um, and then when I come from that kind of mindset i I battled a little bit in terms of because i didn 't have real any money management skills. I always knew that I could attract i When things turned pear shaped ten years ago, it was I was in pretty big trouble because being in you know over two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of debt and and thinking i really had to toughen up and learn about myself right and eventually came out that with lots and lots of you know different strategies but all about a mindset of of moving out now got get to this point and i am probably the strongest i've been ever in terms of lots of areas of my life but the money side of it now what i've worked out is money i see like oxygen so if someone's if you're underwater or you're drowning the only thing you need is to breathe Right, and then when you can breathe and you put your head out of the water, do you then? Other things are important, like your swimming stroke or how you look or how how it works or the energy you come in. But without the oxygen, you're you're dying in effect. And sometimes I see that around me with people maybe struggling financially is all they need is oxygen to breathe. And then once you've got the oxygen to breathe, you then have the space to grow and, 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 and you know, create a life that you want. But if then that's not happening, then without that oxygen, which is which finance and money can bring, all you think about is where is my next breath coming from? Where am I going to you know get this air from? So then I realise this is the importance of it. If I want to breathe and live the life I want to live and how we want to live, we live in a society or well should i say where financially if we can set ourselves up that we are you know we can have that breathing space i think we can actually live a life of purpose and tr- and, sh- and shine our light because we're not gasping for air we're not gasping for oxygen and we're not in survival mode we're just in a mode of actually i've got now time and space to breathe to think how can I bring my message or my light to the world or my energy into the world so therefore other people around me can, you know, help them on their journey.
1: I think when it, when it comes down to it, when we're living in that, like you said, sinking in debt, um, I've been there myself um, not too long ago, about, gosh, actually before I went into my coaching full time, uh, in order to kind of you know um propel myself into the to launch myself into the coaching world i went into debt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have debt went into debt to do that and um i had no idea if what i was going to do what i was doing was paying off was going to pay off but having that faith that you found your passion you found your calling and to be fair unfortunate that i had the support network i had Jay. Um, who, um, you know, income-wise was obviously growing what he was doing. But in terms of myself, if, if I was completely on my own with, with, with two children and there was no other income, then that would have been a completely different kettle of fish. Sure. So yeah, absolutely right. I, I was fortunate and very grateful for the fact that I did have J. There's almost like a bit of a security net that allowed yeah. me to um, uh, put my tentacles out there because I had to go through a big healing process myself, I had to really mend and heal the disparity that I had between earning a living, yeah. doing something that was considered as a transformational or a spiritual or something that, you know, where you're helping people. I, and because obviously going all the way back, I could see where that block happened with my teacher when I was 11 years old, that block happened then. So I needed a lot of help to take those, to remove those blocks. But it's through the process of that investment that I made that I went into debt for the process of learning how to, um, to remove those blocks turned out to be the best investment that I actually made because now I'm able to show people exactly how I kept my water how I was able to remove the, the things that were really holding me down what these blocks are how it's built into your belief system and Before I knew it, within about two months of of myself actually finishing my coaching program myself, I was out of debt, and I'd made the most money I'd made in those first two months covered the cost of of the the debt, if that makes any sense, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Being in that fear space, when you're in that fear space, what it does is it ignites your vital flight response, which is your sympathetic Yeah. Nervous system, you can't think straight when you're too busy spinning all the plates. You're making the wrong decisions, you're gasping for air, like you brilliantly said with your your metaphor. Um, but there are pockets and bubbles of air if we can just surrender. Yeah. And around, and that's what I had to do. I had to learn where these bubbles and pockets of air were. And Jay happened to be one of them. I'm not sure in in terms of your case Yeah. Having that support, even people that don't have the support network as such, you read stories all the time about entrepreneurs who have ended up homeless and they've, you know, they've literally got nothing. And before, you know, before they've known it, they've picked themselves up and they've become multimillionaires or what have yeah. you. And it could have been that their pocket of air that they found was a friend's sofa. Yeah. Or yeah. homeless, they just found yeah. someone who was compassionate enough to let them sofa, you know, sofa surf. For a few months, which gave them that breathing space yeah. um, and a sense of hope. And I do think that hope is everything. Hope absolutely is everything. And bubbles and pockets of air are all around us. But we have to allow ourselves to just stop spinning the plates. As long as we're spinning the plates, we won't see the pockets of air. Mm. We've got to sit down, have the faith, sit down, no we're not going to drown. And then guess what? A bubble will pop up. We we'll stick our head under it, breathe. Yeah. Into the brain, and then we can think
0: straight. Yeah. So yeah, What you're saying? It's um, a couple of um, things that um, sprung out when you're speaking there. First of all, about blocks and blockages. You know about healing, um, and I know you're very deep into this. You know you're very heart centered in that way. Um, and I found even a process for myself. And the you know the last ten years of learning about myself and. The, all the things there's a lot of things that were great in my childhood but there were a lot of things that I'd learned in inverted commas that I now need to unlearn because they served me for a purpose of my life and now they no longer serve me and it's record you know having that space and having a belief within yourself that and you've created a life for yourself and you've created you as a version of yourself that you like there's so much that unlearning and unpicking that had to take place which is the healing which is the you know letting go which is you know saying to people actually i understand what you are going through for me to go through that and i forgive you you know those conversations that you have almost by yourself but you send the energy out to those people um anyone listening who is going through maybe a tough time what would you say in terms of they're you know someone's been on their life journey and are now still going through you know the storm clouds are still over their head and they're trying to find the sunshine in those storm clouds how would you say you should really you should try and look at your life and try you know bring some some light back into it
1: so yeah um the first one second let me just plug this in my battery's about
0: to die yeah that's right
1: So, yeah, the first thing I would say would be that we cannot be allow ourselves to receive, but that being on receive mode is a switch that we have to flip in in ourselves. We can only flip that switch by being in gratitude mode, by not being grateful for where we are, the lessons and the journey that's brought us to this point. There's absolutely no way that we can ever be in the position where where our hands are open and we're doing this and it's just pouring into us. We have to first acknowledge that actually everything in my life, everything in my world right now is exactly as it should be because every single decision I've made has brought me to this point. So we have to learn to have accountability. And it's in the understanding of personal accountability that we find the gratitude in the lessons that have brought us there. Because no one else is making choices for us. We, by giving our power away, yeah, we, we can play victim all we like and say, oh, my childhood this and my, my, my education that. But every single second, every single moment of your life, what happens is, there's always that opportunity to flip things around. It's all about perception. But understanding that where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be because Mm. you wouldn't be there if you hadn't made those choices. So it's about taking responsibility. And once we realize what's brought us to this point, we can basically just flip it and make the opposite choice. Turn it around, go in a different direction. It hasn't worked up till now. You thank it. You release it you forgive it like you said you say i love you you know because if it wasn't for that um journey of getting there you wouldn't have the clarity of mind to flip it all around and go in a different direction so mm-hmm. we have to give and, and really love the experience the you know the, the rocky journey that's that's led us to this point so right. it's all about gratitude and, pers- and, and perspective perception
0: and one a couple of things you said there which resonates so deeply with me because I live my life by this now and what I've learned is we are 100% responsible for our own lives, no one else and nothing else. You know, And like you said, all the decisions that we've made in our life has led us to this moment. So this moment of me talking to you, having the confidence to air this, both of us in being in agreement to share our life, We've, all, we've both been through a journey to be here and sit confidently and try and share our teaching, our learnings to help try and help other people, but it's those decisions that were made, not today, but that were made two months ago, that were made two years ago, that were made five years ago, ten years ago, that give us the shape of our life today, right? and if our shape of our life is not the way we need it to be right now or the way we would like it to be doesn't mean that we say everything was wrong it just means that we now have to decide what we want our life to be and how we want it to be put patience in to say it's going to take time i just need to make start making the right decisions now and then in five years i can look back to today and say this is the change i made today and that's why my life is like this now. So we are uh, uh, um, an embodiment of all the decisions made. So if we're making decisions and it's in shaping our life, what those decisions come from the knowledge we make those decisions with. So the knowledge I make the decision with today will change in five years' time because I would have grown knowledge, I would have changed people around me, whatever it is. And therefore, I may look back and say, maybe that wasn't the right decision at the time, but that decision was made with the best knowledge I had. So to improve the quality of my life, I need to improve the quality of my decisions, and the quality of my decisions improve from the knowledge that I use to make those decisions. That knowledge comes from the people around us, the things we read, the things we listen to, and, and, and the information that comes to us from an external point of view, but also going within. Because so many of our answers are already in us. So many of our answers are within our heart. We know. Even though everything around us is telling us no, we know that little voice inside us and if we listen and if we go within that will become loud and it'll give us guidance and that guidance will then allow us to say even though all the noise around me is telling me that maybe i shouldn't be heading this direction i know this is the direction for me and it's then having the ability to drown out that noise to say i respect all that's coming in but i am going to choose to go in this direction and i will almost guarantee that that will be the direction that you do need to go because there's so much learning to happen. What do you reckon?
1: I love, love, love what you've just said, it because I remember that you yourself was one of my big catalysts with exactly what you've said. As modest as you are, I so have got so much to be grateful for you because I tell you what, when we are in that mode that you just described, we forget because there's so much going on around yep. you. We forget about what we said about the bubbles and sometimes these bubbles, they are messages, they're messages from divine intelligence that are just, because we are supposed to, we're, we were put on this planet to be happy, you know, to embody success. We weren't put on this planet for any other reason, but to grow, to learn and to be more. And I think when, by allowing ourselves to recognize when messages or a messenger, like in your case, is literally right here at the right time. And it's like, and what you said to me, and I'm gonna share with people what happened that day. Yeah. What you said to me literally just, I was like, mm. <laughs> and everything changed, everything changed. I think I was having a bit of a moat, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> A car. I think was it my car or your car? Yeah. It's your
0: car. It's your
1: car. Was it my car? We're yeah, coming yeah. home. Was yeah. it Kaylin's party? birthday. That's right. Yes. birthday party. And I'm telling you, it's almost like you could read my mind. I was not very happy about. I was still struggling with this whole thing about finding my passion, finding my drive, finding my purpose. But there were a lot of things that were not right in my life. A lot of things were, and I was just making excuses. It was hmm. excuses. After excuse, after excuse, because Mm. by making those excuses, guess what? I didn't have to take responsibility, it's someone else's fault. I was still in that victim triangle. And one thing you said to me was we were having this conversation, and I I remember saying to you, um, and I I don't know why, it was source energy, just just source energy just placed you there as this messenger. And you asked me a question, you said to me, What is it you want from your life? And I remember telling you, and I said to you, I want to, I wanna be Able to earn enough money doing what I love, and you said, What is it that you love? And I told you, I said, Connecting with people, changing people's life, transformation, that type of thing. I said, But I feel like a bit of an imposter because at the time I wasn't embodying that, so I felt like a, like a bit of an imposter, like almost like, Well, who am I to tell someone else about their life when my life isn't like where I want it to be. <laughs> You said one thing to me that changed the whole thing. You said to me, it's about what it, what's your reason? What is your why? Why are you doing it?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, wow. And I remember sitting, sitting back, I was driving, I wanted to pull over and really think about that. And you said to me, think about your why. And you said to me, go home and think and ask yourself quietly, what is it that I want to turn around in my own life? And it's the reason why you're doing it. That's gonna be make the difference between you actually, between that manifesting and it not. Yeah. And it was a game for me because I did that. I went home, I thought, oh my God, he's so right. And I remember that my big why was my two boys. You know, because at that time I was what you would class, and people say to me, Oh no, you couldn't be that big cheek. I was classed as clinically or morbidly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> i was classed as morbidly obese and i remember in the car saying to you about my health because yeah. i had high pressure yeah. and a few other the things going on and then you said to me well think about the future how you know you want to do all these great things you want to shine your magic into the world but how would you do that if you're the, the container that you're in is falling apart you're sick you know how are you gonna or what about your children and i was like oh my god he's talk about wake-up calls, like, slap, 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 <laughs> like, you know, so I did, and I was like, oh my goodness, he's so right, so I went home, and I thought, what is my why, why am I self-abusing, and I think that's what I, that's, that yeah. was what it, that's what it really came down to, I was overweight, chronically overweight, because I was self-abusing with food, mm-hmm. and at that time, I think I was drinking a lot of alcohol, I was mm-hmm. drinking wine every night sometimes a whole bottle yeah because i wanted to escape so that wasn't helping with my health it wasn't helping with my blood pressure and it certainly wasn't helping with my weight or yeah. my state of mind because i just wanted to escape yeah. i knew what i wanted to do i just couldn't quite join up the dots yeah. my body was just full of too many toxins toxins of crap food alcohol yeah thoughts
0: yeah poisoning
1: my mind and my brain with all the crap that I just that you don't want but somehow I'm in this spiral of negativity yeah came out and said what you said and that was it it was game changer I unplugged myself from the world I really did I unplugged and I just said you know what Bavik has got a point I'm gonna detox period so I started to research about detoxing in every way shape and form And The more I went t- down that road, it was like this deep rabbit hole. And I've got a bit of an obsessive personality. which <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I got totally obsessed with health. Yep. <laughs> and I, yep. You know, it's better to be obsessed with health yep. than be obsessed with negativity.
0: Yep. Because
1: you can swing like that quite yep. easily.
0: Yeah.
1: And I did. so I went down the road of fasting. So I thought, okay, fasting is the quickest way to get rid, purify your body on all levels, not just the physical, but the emotional, the spiritual, everything. So I did that, and I got into a habit of doing that. Changed my food, changed my thoughts, started reading certain books. Before I knew it, it didn't take long. It was only literally a few months. I was a different person. And I have to thank for that. Everything (laughs) Everything changed. Seriously. And I thought to myself, you know, end of the day if i could have gone from where i was at the time don't get me wrong i wasn't a complete wreck i wasn't depressed yeah i was hiding my magic behind you know with with the glass of wine convincing myself oh i've just you know i've finished work at the unit i just need to relax right yeah story i need to unwind unwinding with one glass of wine is completely different from unwinding with a whole bottle, right? Yes, yes,
0: yes. A <laughs>
1: whole bottle, like you're on a totally, that's totally, that's called denial, right? You're yeah. you escaping something.
0: Yes.
1: Numbing myself out was not, was just not a good place to be. And you can see how that could easily go into a real slippery road, because yeah. I just wanted to escape. I yeah. really did. So it wasn't until I started to go down that rabbit hole and then start to reframe certain things that the whole thing changed for me.
0: Mm. I think you, you I remember that conversation distinctly because I remember being in your car. And it's, it's strange that I was there because I generally don't normally go into other people's cars. I normally drive, and Vesha drives, you know, uh, I, I drive our car Versa with me, whatever. And for some reason, that day, it was Vesha said, I'll drive, and you go, you jump in with Chica. And I was like, okay, fine. And it was, it's like you said, some kind of divine that sort of put us in that vehicle together. And it was almost like I had to be there for you to go through, you know, the the change in the mindset and the journey, and I'm so thankful I was. And like I said, I only spoke my truth because I've been there, you know. I've been where I've neglected my health and I've neglected my mindset, all for trying to keep the plates up, you know. And like you said, you almost have to go through that whole, the way you call it unplugging, I call it going in the dark, where you need to go in the dark and work your shit out. And only you know, where how far you need to push your shit, right? Do you know what I mean like there's no point in someone telling me do this when you know I know what I need to do. So for me, it's like start training a little bit more, start understanding your nutrition, start understanding noise that's not serving you, you know. And I know you know you've done some extreme things like the you know the fasting five days where you were just on water and things like that. Where it is this for you, it almost had to be sadistic because you knew I have to push myself this far to really shift and you know some people can shift with little things but i know you're similar to me there has to be a big it has to be all or nothing for it to really create the person that's there you know um so moving sort of on to today's journey so you're in sort of like love and relationships and, and and where you try and bring people together because what do you think you know is the importance of love for a person because i've always said i am not uh i don't have another half so there not my other half i am a whole she is a whole and we come together as whole people and we create a bigger whole you know um but so you know i know it's not like that for a lot of people you know they may be in a marriage that they're not happy in or they may be in a relationship which they find hard to come out of or it's toxic or they know what the truth is but they're not doing it so what do you think is important, so First of all, true love in terms of being there for each other, giving each other space to be who they are, and you, you're, you, give, you have the space to be who you are, and then within the centre ground where these two spaces meet, there's a real energy that, where real magic happens. Well, you know, you, I know you guide a lot of people on this, so what kind of little nuggets can you give to people that are listening that can move themselves sort of into that direction? Yeah,
1: sure. So, in a nutshell... The quality of your relationship with your spouse is an, an exact reflection of the quality of the relationship you're having with you. If yeah. you you've got a terrible relationship with yourself, you cannot have um, a good relationship with anybody because that will always reflect back to you. Okay. Now that's split into two halves. The first half is that if you are already conscious of this, you're already conscious of it because of the work that you've been doing from before and learning from the relationships, then what happens is whatever issue that you're having with your own personal self, as long as your partner is consciously in a similar space to you, you will be mirroring each other with this dance helping each other. Okay, It's not an issue. You will start to um grow together because you can symbiotically understand what the other person needs what the other person wants if you haven't figured out that this is what relationships are all about then your relationship will fall apart we all go through those dark times when we don't feel good about ourselves when external things can happen when we're stressed out with the children when um, you know someone might lose their job or what have you and these things can really make or break a relationship But what we have to really, really, really solidify inside us is our ability to love ourselves unconditionally. If we can't, and that's a journey for a lot of people, and some people don't realize how important that is.
0: Mm.
1: In in the most awful relationships that I've had, and trust me, I've had a few, (laughs) but a couple of really terrible relationships. And as much as I've moaned about them, it wasn't until afterwards when I realized what the need was and the purpose for these relationships i was able to really hold space for absolute gratitude for the cataclysmic realization of the fact that this, this these people this person was coming into my life to really quantum leap me into being the best version of myself i can ever be if we choose to see them as that reflection you know there's no such thing as a relationship people come into our lives to reflect back to us two things, what we're doing right, and what we're not doing right, (laughs) right? So these are the two things that people are reflecting back to us. So we can have great, symbiotic relationships with people, and other relationships are extremely sticky, tricky, and most of us are married to the people, or we're in that long-term relationship with the people that are gonna really push us to that next level of being the best version of ourselves, because they're acting as that mirror but because we're not conscious of this is the reason why they're doing it and we're not having that conversation, it causes problems because what's happening is just fighting. He said this, she said that, she did this, he did that. But really what's going on is if this person is triggering you, it's about understanding they're triggering the heck out of you because it's giving you the opportunity to find out why you're reacting to it so much. You're reacting to the, the fact that they're triggering you because there's something inside you on an unconscious level that actually agrees with you. <laughs> With them, you know, on a soul level, you actually agree with what they're saying. You just can't admit it to yourself. But once we figure this out that actually they're helping me, they're helping me here, then we can either. And the thing is, is that once we we are, you know, if we find ourselves in these, and I call them karmic relationships, when we find ourselves in these relationships, you know, they are perfect for growth. When there is no more, there's nothing else to learn. Those relationships will dissolve. But unfortunately, some people will still stay in those relationships. And that's when things can go pretty sour. Mm -hmm. Have overstayed. Lessons have been learned. There is no more growth left because one person doing all the growing and the other person being stagnant. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to understand that if we're in a relationship where we're not understanding how this mirroring works, and one person wants to grow and the other person's happy being stuck in the old way, the old paradigm, we have to know where the limits are. Mm. And the old paradigm has been through thick and thin, you just stick it out and you put up with it. And we're talking about abuse on it and a lot yeah. of levels, emotional, physical abuse, verbal yeah. abuse, no one should be putting up with that. But the longer we stay in these relationships and put up with them, it means that there's more to learn and more to understand about ourselves and if we're not doing the learning and the growing the abuse will become more it'll just become more it'll grow more in intensity because what the universe is saying to you is you need to stay here long enough to figure out whether you're gonna jump or whether you're gonna stay there until you get beaten into the ground
0: yeah
1: and the space in the void that's where we our level of consciousness is yeah a lot of us we don't understand how this works. So what happens to people then do they 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 have these patterns that follow them around, not be not knowing or not being sure as to how to navigate around that because what's happening is every time they go into a different relationship, the same thing happens. It's because they haven't understood why these patterns are the blocks within them, how to basically navigate around them, remove those blocks, and understand that this is a mirroring, a mirroring thing. Yeah. Understand how to Grow your relationship with your partner. Everyone's your soulmate, potentially. Everybody's your soulmate. It just depends on how we are able to accept aspects of ourselves that we don't like that's being reflected back to us by that person. And on an unconscious soul level, that's their job. Their job is to reflect back to you bits of yourself you've not accepted. And trust me, the most difficult relationships, they are really good at doing that fantastic at doing it you you have exponential growth because of
0: it you know i love it the way you put things is so you know i can see you're vibrating with energy when the words are coming out of your mouth and and you really feel it and you know and this is why for me you know being a male and um having these conversations with you you know masculine energy and feminine energy is different right um and i almost know that most of the the females in my life they will have some form of conversation which which involves their own emotions and their own feelings at some point weekly if not daily you know and men (laughs) it doesn't happen you know unless you're really sort of like in a space where you're struggling the rest of time it's all night you just sort of get on with this get on with it even though i know the importance of these conversations i know the importance of sharing and being your truth and being in the imperfect version of you in front of whoever it is because there is no there's no veneer or mask that anyone else needs to see they just need to see your truth and why i found is that when you open up these conversations especially with me and other men in my life they then open up and then there's a safe space that we can just be who we are you know it's like having a beer with your friend down the pub when you don't have to prove anything to anyone and i think for me they're the most soul nurturing especially. You know, having the female and male bond in relationship is awesome, but having a male and male bond, where you're out of your space, you're out of your environment, you're with someone that you know. You know what? I this nurtures me as a person. It makes me a better person for the people around me. So I need to keep those conversations up. So why do you think? You know, going back to something you said, why do you think people stay for too long or never come out of a relationship which is not serving them anymore?
1: yeah so a number of things there um the number one thing is self-love um the amount of the amount we won't tolerate the same things you won't tolerate if you have a
0: certain
1: view of yourself that's the first thing second thing is culture you know cultural obligations there are certain cultures that you just can't leave well you can but you know a lot more pushback um, this, the culture that I come from where we're Nigerian, which is very similar to yeah. <laughs> culture. And um, there isn't the D word, divorce word doesn't exist. You know, um, you know, the families come in. People are literally there making sure that no, 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 no. This is forever. doesn't matter what's going on. Mm. You, just, you know, put your glad rags on, put your lipstick on and just carry on. It doesn't matter that you're suffering because... It's about what other people think it's all this thing about being outside of yourself so there are certain cultures that are more um, inclined to have this veneer on a falsity because the culture is very deeply embedded in what other people think about them about bringing shame on the family and I can relate to that because as my not so much my father, my father my mother was concerned i brought a lot of shame to to my family to myself because of things i'd experienced in relationships um so as far as my culture was concerned um i needed to just go off get married okay um and and that and that and it will solve everything because she's she's married now she's she's decent she's respectable <laughs> so it means then that they get let off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've brought up a very good girl, but going against the grain because I'm finding my own path, I'm finding my own way, that's not being a good girl.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So these things can lead people into staying in the wrong relationships with the wrong person because that inability to activate this here, your God given right, activate your throat chakra, speak your truth irrespective of what is expected of you nobody has the right to tell you you have to do this for me so that's that's the upbringing i had my mother told me i have to suck it up for her
0: her. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and i think a lot of people are caught up in that it's
0: um and it's Looking at my own life, and I've been blessed, you know, we, even though I, I've i been raised in Indian culture, my dad was quite maverick in his thinking, and he, there was never an expectation at all of any path. You know, it's even like when we decided to get married, he even said, Just invite me to the wedding, but I'm not getting involved in any of the journey because he's like, That's your choice. If you want to do that, that's fine. And if you don't want to, that's fine as well. So it's, you know, and I find it quite alien that whole. You know where families put that burden on people, say, you know, their family name or, or looking good and all these things. But I, it, to me, it's alien because neither side, nor my mom's side, nor my dad's side, of the family think like that at all. You know, and when other people and for me, it's been the eye opener of being around people that are quite, you know, rigid within that, and it's almost you have to. Give your input, because you feel that I feel that I, I'm doing them this service from not in my point of view, but then he's saying actually, and then I have to leave that with you to decide what you want to do, because you can't need someone else in life, right? It's like the you know the situation we're in right now. We're in a unique situation, and like I said before we start this conversation, I have a lot of entrepreneurs around me, I have a lot of people, really positive thinking people, and this is all seen as an opportunity we're not seeing the worry and the stress in the household. We all know it exists and we know it's in the environment. And if we want to leave the news on all day and all night and all day and all night, I'd start believing that. Do I mean? But for me, I've chosen that to shape the information around me so it serves me to be the best person I can be. So, you know, being all you know, a lot of people that are listening may be in that situation of, of, of worry and stress right now. What is your thought process on things that happen now and how we can elevate ourselves out of that kind of thinking?
1: Yeah, so um, we all are involved with, you know, we can see what's going on around us. Yeah. Our world is just changing so dramatically yeah. and so quickly. Yeah. And, and There's new things being brought in every day and, and our environment is, is pretty much changing. But again, it's down to... The two main things which is which what choices are we making we can go down the path of fear or we can go down the path of abundance and love and joy and even even what's going on with you know the confusion a lot of the the, the things that our prime minister's saying is it's kind of contradicting itself there's a lot of memes going around facebook where
0: part
1: <laughs> of what you're saying no one understands what he's saying right <laughs> but you know i've got my own take on that and what my take is is that if if you really look and break down what he's saying he's offering us two clear choices so when we put our goggles on and really look between the lines there are two timelines there you know when he's saying go out or don't go out some people say some people pick the timeline of don't go out mm-hmm. but saying go out then some people pick the timeline of go out so mm-hmm. uh, there's a timeline of schools may open schools may not open <laughs> right which timeline are we choosing the choice is always there, mm-hmm. as using as it is, there are two clear choices. But when the timelines come together, it just look, sounds like gobbledygook yeah. and babble. Yeah. But if we remove ourselves back and really have a look at them. They're two distinct choices, and those choices come down to bondage or freedom. Yeah. There's, is, yeah. there, there's no logical reason why you should say to someone, "Go out, but don't go out," and they we're sitting there waiting for permission of clarity you know that comes from you you've got to you create your own path you create your own destiny you don't wait for someone to clear it up for you especially when they're contradicting themselves if you you know there's always a choice if you're it's like going down a road and you come to a junction you can either go left or right but most a lot of people think well there's only two choices but there's plenty choices you can Go straight ahead, you can reverse and go back the way you came, you can sit there and not go anywhere, you can get out of your car and walk. There's so many choices within what we would call two choices. So, as we look at what's going on around us now, and we look at these two timelines that we're being offered, we've got the timeline of the old paradigm of fear, and then we've, and then we've got the opportunity to really create the life that we want by choosing the new world of love yes. and when we're picking and choosing love that's where we our creativity really takes form fear is it contracts it constricts it breaks down it's actually in the death zone fear is. Yes. and it's actually been proven as well that by using negative emotion by living in the fear zone you know um ourselves actually die our cells actually don't become susceptible to infection. Yeah. We can catch things you know, easily. You know, we age quicker. That's why when people are stressed out. great hairs just appear because on a cellular level, there's craziness going on and we're actually in the death zone. But when we're choosing the opposite timeline, which we are being presented with right now in the middle of this pandemic, there's another timeline being presented to us. And that is the, plan, uh, the timeline of freedom and love. But if we're too caught up in, oh, we can't go out because there's a scary bug out there that's going to kill us all. So let's just stay in and put our masks on and quake and up our boots, waiting for permission to leave our homes. Technically, what's happening is we're driving ourselves into the opposite. It's it's, it's, it's um, not life-supporting. It's the opposite. Mm, yeah. If we pick the opposite timeline, which is freedom, abundance, love, that's actually life supporting it's yeah. freedom and again on a cellular level when you look at somebody who's happy their vibration is up their skin is glowing you know you, you see in, in people just falling in love with you know they've just gone into a new relationship and they say things like oh you're glowing why because they're happy mm-hmm. give them six months and then you know you'll- <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that is a perfect example of the fact that by choosing love you're choosing life yeah in fear you're choosing anti-life yeah so what i say is yeah that there's a lot of fear at the, at the moment and what we're feeding into and buying into is a collective it is the a collective unconsciousness of most people but unfortunately when you've got so many people in that fear zone we can find ourselves being sucked into it yeah the more of us that have been sucked into that fear is the more it's going to magnify. Yeah. And the it magnifies is the more actually what will start happening is those measures that we are afraid of, which is losing our rights. You know, losing these things, the fear of loss, the lack, the opposite, the anti-life. When we start going down that road, we manifest the very fear that we don't want. Yeah. And it happens really quickly. But the people that are on a timeline of love and abundance, they're fine. They're just walking around like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: We're
1: all in the same storm but we're all on different boats yeah some people yeah. are having a ball out there they really are yeah. and people are out there they're on the beaches and i'm all for that go out you know go in the um in 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 nature sink your feet into the ground connect with mama gaya because that is life no one's going to come and arrest you if you're afraid of that you'll attract it to you yeah. abundance out there we have to make sure that we're just picking the right timeline yeah because what we 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 all create our reality which then reflects back to us in terms of the collective just on the choices that we're making
0: yeah and it's you know a breath of fresh air hearing you say that because i know just from the people around me and myself i've Come for me, I've always been an opportunist. I've always seen the glasses half full as opposed to half empty, right? Um, and I've always been one that buys into the theory that life it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And then if we take that as the way life is meant to be, then it's always in our hands the choices and the decisions we make and how to Shape our world and how to surround our world with, like you said, the mirrors that we need to see to make us better and make the external environment. And all we can, I feel, is you see my like my parents and my dad the news a lot, and I I consciously try and stop him from doing that because I'm saying you can get a quick highlight if you really want to know. You know, go onto their website, see a quick highlight, and that's fine. But don't keep letting this drip feed you because it's just drip feeding your subconscious and your 5% conscious mind cannot combat the 95% subconscious no matter what you think. And you, it's almost like you have to be a guard to those thoughts. You have to be the guard to your own you know, information that's going into your system to say, is this, is this information good for me? Is this information being fed to me because it's for my purpose, or is it for a bigger purpose somewhere else that I don't know about, made by people that don't have my interest at heart, they have a bigger picture in heart that you know there's a there's a control mechanism that's you know being released? Um, and if then you feel that it is some information that you want to take in, find the opposite. So if someone says to you, you know, this is the truth is that you know we need to download this app and it's a contact tracing app and we need to do this, then Find out the counter of that. So why is this app coming? Understand what the other side is so you can make a conscious decision based on the information that you have to say, what side do I want to choose? Or the third choice is I don't want to choose. I choose not to choose. And that's always going to be a choice in your life, no matter what it is. You can, you can, you know, it's like a child when you say you can have a pear or an apple, And they'll say, OK, I'll have an apple even if I don't like it. But very few will say, "I'll have the orange because I choose not to choose any of the things you're giving to me." And life is like that. As we, I think, as we get older, we start seeing the choices in between the choices and saying, "Actually, you know what? Even though you're not presenting it to me, that's what I choose, or I choose not to choose either of those things that you're giving to me. I'm choosing this."
1: Perfect. Which is again a choice.
0: Yeah. It's a choice. You choosing yeah. not to choose.
1: You're yeah. still a that in itself is going to open up its own timeline and take you and your creativity and your reality down to something else that you've created uniquely for yourself. Yeah. I totally agree with everything you've said there. Yeah. It's all about, um, again, our perception as well and our confidence and our ability to be able to stand in our own truth and find yeah. that truth within us and stop looking around for the validation. Stop yeah. looking. With the permission I think these are real lessons that we that really can help us with our with our growth there's a storm outside
0: yeah.
1: uh, by going into the eye of it guess what it's calm
0: yeah. You've got yeah. to
1: get inside it and find the peace within there the storms always been there it's just yeah. that how because of the timeline that the collective has found themselves in it's manifested itself in terms of separation it's just manifested itself physically. So, what we're seeing is the fear is actually manifested because never before has seven billion people on the planet been held consistently in fear.
0: In one place, yeah. this
1: is what We're seeing we're seeing fear manifested physically in terms of separation because fear is actually separation of the from you from the divine,
0: yeah.
1: But now it's solidified with us standing six feet away from each other. We can clearly see it. Social distancing. Whereas what's the opposite side of that? It's unity.
0: It's touch.
1: Yeah. It's hugging. It's love. But if we're not, no one, nobody is going to stop me from hugging anyone. Mm. I give mm. my, don't get me wrong, I will ask your permission,
0: yeah.
1: but no one's going to stop me from showing love, from accessing love, from hugging anybody.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm
1: always choose love yeah. but choosing fear choosing to fair enough you're in a shopping um center or what have you and you know you, you're you're abiding by the rules simply because you don't want people to feel uncomfortable okay but in my world in my world which nobody else has a right to choose for me in my world i'm hugging
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, I'm hugging, yeah. Period. and and you know we i've always believed and i will continue to believe that our world so when we talk about our universe our world it's the people around us so i've always said if we can be the best version of ourselves for the people around us which is our world the rest of the world will look after itself don't worry about the rest of the world what you need to do is say how can i be the best cell within this ecosystem called my world and if I am the best I can be, they will be the best they can for their worlds around them, right? So if we are to be our truth, if we are to be our abundance and our love, I think we need to be in a state, first of all, a state of knowing ourselves and believing within ourselves. If we don't have that, invest our time now, especially now, to grow that side of us where there's certain uncertainties we may have about ourselves, To say how can i invest my time in myself because it's the best investment you'll ever make in anything to say how then you know the knowledge that i gain from that how can i then become a better version of myself you know and if we are better versions of ourselves for for you for me for everyone that comes into contact with me the conversations that i can help to help them grow can then lead them to open their mind to have conversations with the people around them and i think if we are truly free with our words and we feel that, you know, this is our truth. We may you know, I always said you don't want you almost want to be like Marmite. Some people like him, some people won't. Because you are in on on a path where I believe in this so strongly that the people that, you know, resonate with me will be drawn towards me. And the people that go di- you know, diametrically oppose me will give me space to live, to bring more people in that are. You know, serving me. So I know your conversations are very heart-centered and they're very truth felt because that's your truth. And sometimes people are not going to like that, and that's that's the situation where it's like when they say you try and make everyone happy, you'll make no one happy because it's not about making anyone happy. It's about making yourself happy, and then using your words to then try and affect the people around you so they can be the best they can be, and the rest of the world. You know, just leave that be. I, you know, I, I, I read a lot of information, especially from people saying stuff, or when I hear stuff. And there's so much secondhand information that's just been regurgitated. It's like, what do you actually know really about what's going on? Are you actually a scientist that's looked into this and said this is really out there, or this is actually going wrong? You don't. What you're doing is you're taking information from a lot of sources, which is veneered information because that's the information that needs to be back to us and you're just regurgitating the same thing and it's like someone's life isn't it it's like when someone says to me "Are, are you you know you should do this or maybe you should live your life like this what have you been through your life to give me that information if your life has changed it's like I've been through the depths of darkness to come out the other side and I can speak my truth if someone says to me you know what did you do I did this because I've been there. I didn't read a book. I read a book for some knowledge, but I lived. I walked and I tread that journey and that path to say, I can give you now a little bit of knowledge. I don't know if it's the truth. I don't know what it is, but for me it worked because I did it. Not I read it. I did it. And this is what I think, if people stopped using second information, and made it their own. It's like maybe making, you know, taking something and you don't know nothing about and suddenly it becomes the truth. Say, actually, I don't know. I've heard this, but I don't know. But I'm just telling you and what you choose to do with it is fine. But don't say you should be doing this, you should be doing that because someone on the other side of the world that I don't know what the agenda is has told me this is the truth. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I, mean, I can
1: certainly speak for myself with, you know, in relation to what you've what you've said, I remember when this whole thing started, and one of the first things someone asked me was, "What do I think?" And I said, "In my world, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist." And like, "How can you say that?" I, said, it, I "I've not seen it. I can't touch it. I've not. I've not. <laughs> I don't have any reason yeah. to bring that and invite that into my world." Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm free. How yeah. I got my life, I'm free. No one's going to put me in any shackles. Yeah. And they like, "What about your children?" And I say to them, "Well, when we go out, we go to LD. Okay, they understand, and I tell them that we have to stand, you know, in in, in these rules. And the world is changing slightly. And they said, "Well, how have you managed to tell them about what's going on?" And I said, "Well, as their parent, it's my responsibility to make sure that mentally they're in a good place. So, as so as far as they're concerned, it doesn't exist either. If it doesn't exist in my world, how can it exist in theirs? It doesn't exist in theirs." Leader, I lead them. Yeah. If I'm leading them down the valley of fear, then fear is going to exist for them. And I've chosen not to. Yeah. So, and they said, well, Yeah, but what have you said to them about standing away from people in the queue? And I said, I haven't. I said, One of my children, to Ben, you know, to ben he's very good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He walks up to people and taps them in the queue and gives them high fives. And I don't stop him. I do not stop him. He's a child. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't want him to grow up in a world. Afraid of people, mm. people, yeah. are you afraid of people in a shopping queue that's not my world. Yeah. So he walks up and down, and I let him. And people again say to me, But how have you managed to kind of embed that? And I said to him, well, Okay, this is what I've actually said. <laughs> <laughs> I said. said, Look, because obviously both of my children know that Santa Claus doesn't exist, yeah. so I said, TJ's so so fine, it's more to Ben now. And I said to, to Ben. Now, Does Santa Claus exist? He said, no. And I said, so who brings the presents? And he said, you and Father bring the presents. I said, so why do you think that we bring the presents and tell you that it's Santa? He said, so that we can get excited and behave ourselves. I said, there you go. We're controlling your behavior by inventing Santa. I said, our government is controlling our behavior by telling us the boogeyman's coming to get us. And guess what? We believe that. I said, so I, and I said to him, this, this corona, because he knows about the coronavirus, I said the coronavirus is basically the government's Santa Claus. And he's fine. So with that, he's navigating his world exactly the same as it was. No problem whatsoever. Because when we all come out of this, we then have to go and unprogram the children. You have to go and unprogram them. Just wire them incorrectly to begin with. It makes more sense. You've got less of a job to do. Why put the wrong information in only to go and have to sort it out later on? And we know what it's like to be the product of the wrong information. Yeah. You know, we spend you know, years hiring a coach and spending yeah. thousands of hours trying to get your blocks out like I did.
0: <laughs> oh, so good, Chica, man. This, you know, this gives me oxygen. This gives me life and gives me energy to continue on my path because I have people around me like you that we can speak it so openly and we can share however we believe and whatever our thoughts are and our, our our beliefs are with complete honesty without the feeling that actually I better not say this and I better not say that and I that's I've always been a a, a conversation always trying to open conversations with honesty it's like even my children i want them to always come to me and say daddy you know this is the issue i have all this problem whatever it is because i never really had that we had to work a lot ourselves right um you know about sex about relationships about drugs about whatever it is that's in their life at the time i want them to understand that dad first of all nothing's going to surprise me because i've seen everything and the relationships and the the people I've got in my life, I know everything that they've been through. So nothing will surprise me. Secondly, like I can speak my truth and not give the veneered societal viewpoint, but it's my truth, you know, and I can say you the door will never be shut to you, no matter what you come to ask me as a dad. It will always be open like, because you're my child, you've come through me to come to this earth and your journey is I can guide you, I'm not trying to go try and make it so easy, but all I can do is guide you and support you and help you if you need that and if you don't, if you think you can work out yourself that's fine as well. Do that, sometimes you fall over, you pick yourself up and you learn. That's how I've done it and if I can make that fall a little bit easier, I'll try. But if it doesn't, if you have to fall hard to learn, that's what needs to happen, you know. So, as we reach the end of our conversation you know i could talk to you for hours a and you know that you know we you know i know we've been to your house and we've been there five minutes hour later we're still sort of talking a lot right so just as we sort of um, reach the end of the conversation there's a couple of questions i want to ask you which i want people to understand a little bit deeper about how you you know the, the things you think about right so what we've done is we've reached the end of your life on this planet as chica all right So you're, you know, nearly 200 years old, you've lived a strong, healthy life, you've bonded a lot of love and relationships around you, and you've set out the path of growth and of purpose for all the people around you. And now, you know, you've got your, 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 your world around you, they're sitting or they're standing, and you're sitting or standing, whatever you choose. You don't have enough energy to speak, but you have a pen to write three words. Now, those three words have helped you in your life, and they resonated with you, and you hope that people around you it will help them in their journey and their struggle to make it a little bit easier. What would those three words be for you?
1: Those three words are my mantra, which is always choose love. That's my mantra all day long. Always choose, you choose love, you, you can only get love out of it. Yeah. If yeah.
0: fear,
1: you will always get fear out of it.
0: Mm. and you know yeah. with the with the journey you've chosen obviously you're trying to now imprint that on a lot more people around through the relationships they have but i think like you said the relationships is not just with the other person but it's with themselves as well you know you have to start within yourself first and when you love yourself then can you attract that into your life and i have i've known that you know when you are the best version of yourself which you feel you are the best version of yourself will you attract other things the best abundance you can attract because that's what you give off and that's how you live your life so you know fully agree with that so thanks for that um and just one last um little uplift um this podcast is called bigger than the hustle and right now you're bigger than the world so what it is i've sourced a microphone And I've sourced um, a set of headphones and I want you, I'm going to give you that microphone for 30 seconds. That microphone is connected to 7.58 billion people in this planet. They can all hear you. They're all awake. There's no language barrier and they feel your energy. So for the next 30 seconds, I'd like you to share a message to the world, which hopefully will help them a little bit on their journey from today onwards. What would that message be for you?
1: Okay, so, Just like we, we as a human vessel, we are a vehicle. And depending on how we want to operate and to be able to run on our optimum, we need fuel. So we have a choice about which fuel, which diesel to put into our human vessel, our meat suits. Okay, so the choice is yours. And again, I always, always come back to the same thing, which is the choice of fuel. What are, what are you choosing? Are you choosing to fill yourself up with fear? How far do you think you're going to run? How far do you think you're going to get on filling yourself up with, with... It's like putting the wrong fuel in, the, in, in your car. It's like getting in a Lamborghini and you're filling it up with butter. You're not going to get very far, okay? Fear is the wrong fuel for the human vehicle. The only fuel that the human vehicle can accelerate to just, it's, it just the, the, the top speeds, Is by filling that vehicle up with only one thing, and that is love. If you can fill and top yourself up with love, and you make a point of that, even if it means that it's the last thing you're struggling with it, but just revisiting it and making the choice, love is a choice. Choosing that as a fuel of choice over and over again, you will literally take off. You won't, you cannot go wrong. So think about your body. As a vehicle in every single respect what are you what are you allowing in what are you putting in in terms of food what are you reading in terms of books what are you watching in terms of films or the media or the news what are you allowing in your ears in terms of people around you what are you allowing to absorb and penetrate into your very being is it love or is it fear and just by looking at people and how they operate you can tell who's fueling themselves with what but the bottom line is you you can always always choose again make a better choice if you're making a choice that's leading you down a road you don't want to go down make a different choice it's never too late living in that moment understanding that the choice is in that moment in the now and you're making and you're choosing every single time you will live that is the point of abundance that is living in the now but choosing love in every moment
0: perfect perfect thank you chica i know those words came from the heart they came from the soul through your mouth through the energy of words and i know you live by this and that's why it sits well with me when you speak because i know everything you 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 speak with heart-centered and you turn up in this world and you acknowledge that I am a unique cell in this symbiotic system called the universe. And that cell is going to be the strongest it can be for the whole system. No matter how I, you know, no matter what downs and ups I go through, I know they're for me. And I know that they they have given me the life I have today and they make me the person I am today. So respectfully and acknowledging that we had to go through everything we go through to be here today. Um, so thank you for turning into the world the way you do. Thank you for the conversation we were we've had and we will continue to have. And you know, I know you and versha talk all the time, and and it's these conversations that give me oxygen, awesome, give me energy to continue on my path. And hopefully, if we can feed each other all the time, we can continue to be strong—not for just each of us, but for all the people around us. well, which is. What life is about, I believe. So, thank you again so much for your time. I know you're a busy lady, and I know there's so many more love relationships that you need to build, amend, and, and grow. So, good luck on that journey as well. Continue, you know, living your truth, because that's what the world needs to see.
1: Thank you so much, Babic. And thank you also for just doing what you're doing and putting all that love into the world, um, finding your passion. Yeah. Going mean, through what you've been through as that seed in the darkness and yeah. the fruits that you are bearing for the world to see, I think is just phenomenal. We need more bad potatoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. The world would be a crazy place if there's too many of you. It's <laughs> that, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> a good crazy though. Okay, so we'll end on a, a, a few thoughts for you to take away. Uh, Big energy leads to big thoughts. Big thoughts leads to big ideas. Big ideas lead to big actions. Big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, guys, thanks for tuning in. And I will bring another guest for you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.